Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Money Talk with Skylar Fleming. I just got done recording a fantastic interview with Matt Paradise, but we're going to be talking all about the title of today's episode. Why does money make me so stressed? We're going to go over some great questions like, why does money make me stressed? Is it normal to stress over money? Is money anxiety a thing? How can I get rid of money stress? And is it possible to be relaxed when it comes to money? There's a great conversation in store today, but the money talking points for today's episode are... What financial questions do I have that I can ask someone? And two, what is my personal way that I can feel relaxed about money? I'm going to answer both of those questions after today's interview, but let's get right into today's episode. You know, we don't talk about money enough. It's a topic that gets ignored for some reason, even though it plays a role in everyone's day-to-day life. Well, this issue is what brought Money Talk with Skylar Fleming to reality. I know you're probably busy and don't have time to research and learn about all the things that go into personal finance, but that's where this podcast, Money Talk with Skylar Fleming, comes into play. I'm your host, Skylar Fleming. I'm here to do the research and learn all the extra stuff about personal finance. The goal is just to simply get us talking about money. So let's get talking. Welcome to today's interview. I have Matt Paradise with me here, and we're going to be talking about why money makes us so stressed. Why is there so much stress involved with money? Matt, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone? Sure. Yeah. And that whole money and stress thing is such an important topic. And I really appreciate the opportunity to be here and have the conversation with you, Skylar. As you mentioned, my name is Matt Paradise. I've spent 20 years in financial education. I worked for many, many years for a nonprofit national credit counseling organization, uh, where I semi-retired from there uh, uh, about five years ago and started my own company. Um, I am a best-selling author. I actually just launched my book um, today, uh, Financially Capable, a friendly guide to building whole health wealth, uh, which definitely covers uh, the financial psychology and emotions around money and stuff that I look forward to digging into with you today. Um, but uh, again, I'm grateful to be here. Money's such an important topic and so many, unfortunately, feel stress. Yeah. And I think you and I, like I worked for a credit union for a little while as a call center supervisor. And I'm sure in your position working for that nonprofit, you've seen so many times where people are just stressed out of their mind with money. And it's not because they don't know any better that like they just have never actually been taught. So like, it's not necessarily their fault. They just don't know. And that's what I think my whole podcast is trying to be about is just talking about money so we can all learn the little bit that we don't know to help fill those gaps. So thanks for coming on today. Let's yeah, let's just pleasure. dive right into it. Like you said, stress and money is a huge topic. They go to, they go hand in hand, unfortunately, but there is a way to kind of break away from that stress. But why does money make us so stressed? Why does the listener get so stressed when they start thinking about budgeting or all sorts of different financial terms? It's emotional. It tugs on our heartstrings. It's one thing to talk about basic math. One plus one equals two. Though there's some that still might argue that point, (laughs) by and large, we can all agree that one plus one equals two. There's not a whole lot of emotion that's tied to that. Mm -hmm. But if it's one dollar plus one dollar and what to do with those two dollars, all kinds of different opinions, thoughts, ideas and emotions come up with that. For a lot of us, it even goes back and links to our first money memories what we learned, what we were taught. It gets into epigenetics, um, how our parents and grandparents and uh, previous generations dealt with money, handled money, financial traumas, and the ways that we carry that 
literally written into our DNA, it's stressful. You alluded even working with credit unions and um, there's so many that uh, approach credit unions and shout out to credit unions and CUNA. And uh, I've been able to work with CU Insights. So much great work that's that's done around the country. And there's a lot of stress with banking and the whole financial services industry at the moment. Mm. We've seen local community and regional banks closing. And um, there's certainly a lot of worry and, and stress. And as you alluded to, Skylar, some of that comes from just not being clear on what's mm. what, not knowing what we don't know. And it's difficult if we don't know it to yeah. know it. Um, so it, it definitely is. Um, but money is, and in many ways, a taboo topic. It's mm -hmm. emotional. We both love and hate to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And one of my, I love that saying of you don't know what you don't know. And I think there's so many things with money that once you hear it for the first time, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like it clicks mm -hmm. for you. And that's really fun when people have that moment and when things click for them, but there is so many mm -hmm. things that just stress us out. And I like what you, what you started out with that money is more than just math. Cause if it was just math, we'd, it'd be super simple. Like it would just be, just be a bunch of formulas and it can, that that's obviously part of it. You need to like know how the math works, but there's so much more to it than that. And it's really like, that's what stresses us out is the non math part. Cause it's easy to Google or whatever you need to do to figure out the math, but figuring out the, what to do with that $2. I love that like breakdown of it. That's uh, so true. Um, I mean, it, and it, it runs deep into our very psyche. Uh, for myself, I had a nonlinear route to um, where I am today and the comfortable life that I have the privilege to live. I was a homeless teenager and bounced around and lots of craziness. And I have dedicated much of my career to helping those uh, in homeless shelters, as well as businesses and across the board. And I know that there can be a lot of self-worth tied into money or other transactions that temporarily may help us to feel good, right? It's, it gets into even addictions. Many are very well aware of AA and NA, Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, but there's also process addictions. There's Spenders Anonymous, there's Debtors Anonymous. And the way that we seek that dopamine hit, that reward by sometimes shopping or spending or going to um, you know, buy a certain item at a certain time that temporarily makes us feel good, though sometimes makes it difficult to pay the bills, the essentials, keep the roof over our head. I know that personally all too well uh, from my own life, but also from those whom I've, I've served. Yeah, addictions addictions is a very deep topic, but I, I do think like it touches money. Like you said, there's like consumer type addictions and stuff where you're spending money, or maybe even there's an addiction to saving money where you're not willing to like have fun. There's there's all sorts of behavioral aspects that go into money, whether they're addictions or not. Uh, that that can tend to be a complicated uh, subject that has a lot of a lot to dig into there. But there's so a lot of behavior and everything that goes into all this, and I think that I think that is important to understand. And it's also I think a good question to ask next is, do you think it's normal to stress over money? Because I I would say yes. Like I've went through times in my life where I've stressed over money. I'm sure you have from hearing your story so far, but do you think it's normal for people to stress? I suppose it gets into that difficult definition of normal versus common. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I think that it's very, very common. Um, it is a, a fact of, of reality. Um, 
studies, research data shows from across the board. AFCP is an accreditation within financial counseling, coaching, and financial education. FINRA, CNBC, well-known media outlets have found that about three quarters of Americans feel financial stress. And that that's clear. That's not just recently, though many have felt more stress post-pandemic. A lot of that stress was also felt pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, it has remained about three quarters of the entire population, and it's to varying degrees. Like you mentioned, Skylar, to um, you know, we we might feel that pressure at at the end of the month or beginning of the month when rent is due, or the mortgage is due, or a particularly large bill, or if we have kids. I have a twelve-year-old. He's like six foot three and doesn't seem to stop growing. Uh, mm-hmm. It can feel stressful just to keep clothes on his mm-hmm. back and shoes on his feet because every time we blink, it seems like he's the next size up. And I know many, many parents feel that across the nation. Um, childcare expenses, it can be stressful when we think about the first few years, especially as an infant. Those costs are monumental. It's a huge, huge issue for millions of people across the country just trying to to really make the ends meet. And we talk about inflation and the cost of food. And yeah, I'm sure even going. listeners like blood starting to boil and feel <laughs> that, you know, I can feel it up the back of my neck a little bit, even just mm-hmm. talking about it because it's stressful. So many feel stress. The majority of Americans feel stress. There's a point at which it crosses over. To becoming unhealthy. My, there's a certain level of stress that's healthy for us. Mm-hmm. When I feel the stress to be my very best, when I feel the stress of you know trying to eat healthy and exercise, there's a stress to that. There's a stress that my body endures through exercise and just being well, but there's a, a line at which that becomes unhealthy. Right? Yeah. We touched on addiction and, and different things like that, um, but it can be unhealthy when we start to ab- Obsess over, in this case, money. It becomes unhealthy when that stress becomes so much worry and fear that we start to lose sleep. And then it starts mm-hmm. to affect our physical health and well-being. Yeah, you you led that that whole thing was perfect. And you led it right perfectly into our next thing. We're gonna kind of touch these two in tandem. But I love that you said, I love the reframing that you positioned that in instead of maybe normal common that people people feel stressed. It's likely that your coworker has felt stressed about money. It's very likely your family members have. Like everyone is going to feel it at some point, I would say. But like that three quarters of Americans feel stress statistic that you mentioned should hopefully give us a little bit of relief that it's okay. Like it's it's okay if you're stressed about paying a bill that's coming up in a few weeks or something like that. Like those kind of things happen. But I think our conversation next about that unhealthy amount of stress where it gets to the point where you're not sleeping is is going to be a good one because that's that leads to our next question is money anxiety a thing and i think that's where this unhealthy conversation can get going what are your thoughts around like money anxiety and the presence of that yeah it is a very real thing um the payoff is a, a leading financial wellness company actually did some research and released a study showing that uh, a quarter of all americans actually felt significant stress as a result of money, so significant that it had PTSD-like symptoms. For young adults, it was actually, the number was higher. It was about one-third. It was uh, actually uh, about 36, 38% of young adults actually had this PTSD-like symptoms when it 
directly related to anxieties and stress around money and finances, right? And through the pandemic, we've seen the ups and downs when we talk about young adults, even just having graduated college and student loan debt. Is it, for, mm-hmm. if there, is it forgiveness? Is there not forgiveness? What what does Congress oh, yeah. say? What mm-hmm. does the Biden administration say? What does the Supreme Court Courts say? Who knows? Mm-hmm. That's stressful, right? And like, can I afford to pay that student debt? I, I don't, and it's mm-hmm. up in the air and that unknown causes fear and anxiety for so, so many. Uh, because in the meantime, we're all just trying to live. We're all just trying mm-hmm. to get by. We're all trying to eat and keep a roof over our head and trying to plan for completely unknown bills like student debt yeah. which for so many millions and millions of, of people. It's such a huge cost. It's such a huge expense. And to not even know whether or not it's going to be forgiven or when those payments are going to resume looks like soon um, mm-hmm. for, for many millions um, in, in the coming months. That'll, that'll be the case. So unfortunately, anxiety is a very real thing. And I mean, uh, anxiety as it relates to money specifically, we've seen all the more through the pandemic, uh, just financial stress, psychological challenges, and at the same time, met with lack of services, right? During the pandemic, mm-hmm. it was hard even to get into see somebody face to face for some coaching counseling whether it was um for general psychological health and well-being or money related counseling directly uh the pandemic it was it was hard to connect with people mm-hmm. sometimes phone and zoom can only do so much especially when it's so emotional um mm-hmm. and and so entangled with uh just our, our overall thoughts and uh feelings yeah and i'm sure Many people listening, just like me, when you started talking about the whole student loan situation, like my wife is in PA school right now. So like we've mm-hmm. been taking on student loans while they're paused, which we're like, fantastic. We'll take this 0% right now. But then it's also like, when do they actually start accruing interest? Like, how do we plan? Like, it, there's a lot, like you said, there's anxiety around that. And I, like, I felt it as you were talking about, it. I was like, oh yeah, I can't, I kind of forgot because it's been what? many months since there was that big announcement about what they were actually going to do. And then everything got placed on hold. So, but the, the whole thing is that I think June 30th is the next magic date or something like that. I know it's in the summer that if there's not a ruling on it by then it's like 60 days after that. So like most of the people have probably forgotten about it and then come the end of this month or sometime soon, all that anxiety is going to kick back up. All the talks are going to kick back up around it. You're going to have talks about all the U.S. debt, like all this up mm-hmm. recession, everything all happening at once. And that's when that anxiety can start to just overwhelm you because it's those outside influences that can really seem to pile on where you're like, what, what, how, because you can't really do anything about it. So you just have to kind of like sit there and wait. But so yeah, I, I think anxiety is definitely a thing where you start bouncing all over, start questioning and getting stressed by all these different financial factors. And uh, thankfully now, like you said, in COVID, you couldn't really connect with people. But now, now I would say, it's a little more likely. So if you're feeling that financial anxiety, you can meet with whether it's some sort of counselor for like emotional and mental health, or whether it's a financial coach to maybe lay out the numbers for you or something like that. Like there's a lot of people out there that are willing to help with that sort of thing. So it's so true. And I I think just to to highlight that, you mentioned it a little bit earlier too, and the importance of just speaking to somebody, mm-hmm. uh, talking about it. Sometimes maybe it's a spouse, a parent, uh, maybe it's a peer. Maybe it's a professional, mm-hmm. but talking about it really is, is key. It can be so easy for me. I'll talk for myself. Uh, it's so easy to shove my feelings about stuff, life, 
inside, right? There's not time to stop and think about money. Food needs to be put on the table. There's not time to sit it and it can end up just piling on. Mm-hmm. And it really is so important to know that help is available. Um, it's so important to know that there are resources in addressing whether it's a financial counselor, whether it's going to student aid, um, gov and thinking about income-based repayment and different options that might be available and not waiting until the day that the payment is due. I know the answers aren't always what we want to hear, but there's always something that we can do and we don't have to do it alone. And I think that's a, a really, really important message that I know for me has made all the difference. Um, we, we stand on the shoulders of giants and those mm. who have gone before us. And there are so many waiting and offering a helping hand, but it takes me, it takes us willing to, to reach out and accept that helping mm. hand sometimes. And asking the questions, asking for help. It's not always easy, at least for me. Maybe it is for other people. Other people might have, my wife has an easier time with it than I do, but (laughs) personally, I can have a hard time just asking for help sometimes. But I know that when I do, I have other people in my life that can help me come up with a financial plan that can help to navigate even murky waters of whether it's student debt or, or otherwise. And finding that help really, really, really really, I don't want to be too redundant, but really important. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And it's very likely if you're just starting your first job out of college and those college loans are about to come up, you're probably working in like a tier in your industry where there's other people similar age. Like ask them, be like, Hey, the student loan thing ends soon. Like just, just start a conversation. It doesn't have to be, I have $50,000 in student loan debt. Please help me get out of it. Can you help me? Like, you don't have to overwhelm everyone, including yourself with all these statistics and numbers, you can just like ask for options. Like, Hey, what are you looking at? And they're like, Oh, I reached out to my school's student aid office and they gave me this list of options that I've been researching while I have time. And like you said, don't wait till the day it's due, start doing a little bit beforehand. And you're going to feel so much more confident. Mm -hmm. And I think we're heading into our next question already, where it's just talk to people, start having conversations. That's the whole like premise behind my podcast is let's just start talking about money so we can hear maybe the ideas that maybe someone's never thought of asking a coworker if they have student loans and now they're going to go do it and get some more options. But how can I or the listeners get rid of money stress? What's your thoughts on that? I would say one, it's very, very personal. Um, so I, I think of my son in school um, and finding different strategies to be regulated. Um, sometimes he worked, that's all worked up um, and his school counselor and others really help him to f- identify the tools and strategies, the tips to become regulated. Sometimes it's deep breathing um, for him and not to you know oversimplify the, the whole money thing, um, but deep breathing, there's some powerful science behind it. There's mm-hmm. an interesting book with the title, just breathe, um, by James Nestor, um, that, that really gets into depth with it, but being able to even just recenter ourselves sometimes Mm -hmm. is really, really powerful. Um, because when we start to get worried and that worry becomes anxiety and that anxiety becomes overwhelming and we start to lose hope, generally we fail to make decisions in the best interest of ourselves and our future selves. Yeah. Especially, I know that from, sorry. Yeah, especially if there's a ahead. deadline pressing, like if there's a, if yeah. there's a due date pressing and you're feeling that stress coming, you don't have those tools to kind of break out of that moment. That's when you start making those quick, aggressive, maybe uncertain decisions. It's so true. 
Um, so sometimes, as you mentioned, Skylar, the importance of just having the money talks, um, the importance of taking a, a moment. It not, doesn't have to be like days, weeks, months, but even just a, a moment to have that deep <sighs> recentering breath. Maybe it's 10 breaths to, to really completely reset um, our system. And again, there's science behind it, not woo woo, um, mm -hmm. but it, it really does change our physical being it lowers our heart rates when it starts to really elevate beyond that the importance of education and knowledge is really really important the unknown of anything is really scary uh the unknown of medical diagnosis the unknown of um future career paths the unknown of or the uncertainty of current jobs sometimes the unknown of will my degree pay off the unknown of will my we can fill in the blanks there are many, right? The unknown is, is really, really scary and increases stress. So knowledge really helps to combat that. It helps to, to fight that unknown and the stress that's related to the unknown, uh, making known factors. So coming up even with a financial plan um, makes uh, a, 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 not the problems go away, but it makes those problems manageable. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, as you mentioned, we don't have to do that alone. There's counseling, there's free counseling. We can go to free counselors. Credit unions are great options. Nonprofit credit counseling agencies can be great options. Places like the CFPB, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, great place with a lot of resources that are well vetted. And being able to know where to go sometimes is just as valuable as having the right answer. I don't always have the right answer, but Google's just a, a finger tap away. Mm -hmm. I didn't even on Google or social media, we have to be careful mm -hmm. because there's knowledge and then there's just wrong information. Yeah, that is that there's is a tricky subject. Like so much crazy stuff on TikTok. Sometimes <laughs> I, I watch a clip and I'm like, what? what? This wrong, no, that's yeah. just not true. That's <laughs> just flat out wrong. Like, no. Um, so yeah. It is dangerous, right? The the information is kind of limitless out there and being able to navigate what's true and what's not in and of itself can become stressful, right? That's part of the reason why I wrote the book, Financially Capable. Um, and for for the listeners, um, on, on my website, mattparadise.com forward slash capable bonus, there's a ton of free content. Um, so a lot of the links and resources that I use throughout the book um, that include everything from um, the, the Credit Union Association to the FDIC to the CFPB that I mentioned, all kinds of financial education that's out there and available that's vetted and true. Um, there's there's so much that's that's free. Um, so that's that's available to anybody that wants to go out and, and check out those resources. They're they're there on on my website. Um, but knowing where to go to get the correct information makes all the difference. Um, because otherwise, when we follow wrong advice, or even worse, predatory or mm. fall victim to predatory individuals or companies, then the stress just, it, it, it increases substantially. Yeah, yeah I, I love what you said about find those organizations that are doing right, have vetted list of resources. Then I'd say try to talk to a person. I think that's where social media and trying to find your information through Google and just researching online by yourself falls short is you're not talking to a person who can like mm -hmm. actually understand your situation. But if you go to your credit union and be like, 
hey, you guys have any sort of free financial counseling that I could sit down with? They might have something where they're like, yeah, we have, we, you can do one appointment for free that's an hour long. And then after that, it's some fee or something like that. Like they might have mm-hmm. those resources for you. I know the credit union I worked for had things like that, where if someone was really struggling, we could submit a referral form and then one of our financial counselors would contact them. Like there's a lot of resources out there, but I would say just get talking to a person, which goes back to the previous question of how to uh, overcome money anxiety is just start talking to people. And I think, I think COVID's emphasized that we don't talk to people enough and it just continues to go on. And that's, that's how we get better with money is just by talking about it. We learn new things and we keep going, but I think we started out this conversation saying a lot about how stressful money is and how money anxiety can maybe overwhelm us. But then that last little bit was great. We talked about some resources people can use, some tips that people might be able to follow to get rid of money stress. But is it possible to be relaxed when it comes to money or is it always stressful? Are are we always just like stressed to the brink with money or is it possible to be relaxed? The short answer is... Yes, it's possible to be relaxed, for sure. Um, so the the subtitle of my book that I that I mentioned, um, a friendly guide to building whole health wealth. Um, so the the whole premise of the book uh, is being coming financially capable. It's it's separated into three different sections. The first section is the history of finance. So it includes regulators um, ranging from uh, the FDIC to FINRA to there's the alphabet soup. Um, we already mentioned the NCUA and the FDIC, mm-hmm. um, a couple of different times, but there's, there's a history and there's a financial system that we work within. And that's important because access to safe, affordable and equitable products and services in the financial sector really is an important and critical key to becoming financially capable. We do unfortunately have racism as part of our economic history. Things like redlining, even though it was outlawed in the past, still continue today. It was just a couple months ago that the government levied the largest fine in history uh, to a bank out in California due to redlining. So it's, it's real. Understanding that helps to combat the stress so that we can really move forward and build a solid foundation. Financial psychology is the second pillar uh, to becoming financially capable, understanding why we do what we do, understanding uh, just not just the economics, but financial psychology, understanding uh, our financial history and money memories. All of that really is critically important. And then the nuts and bolts, the knowledge as as we continue to to talk about different resources and things like that. Uh, Credit unions, for those who might want to speak with a credit counselor, they're not just for when people get deep into debt, but you can actually speak to a counselor for free to create a financial plan. You can come up with, I know it's that dirty B word that we don't all like to hear, talk about, but budget, it really is just a list of priorities and mm-hmm. where we put our money, what's most important and when our priorities and our personal values and how we actually spend our money align we can find that financial peace. We can find that some of that stress really starts to melt away step by step as we create a plan. Um, so nfcc.org um, is a site for um, the, the NFCC Credit Counseling Association uh, to be connected live with a person that's local to you across the country. Um, 
But I, I think that for each of us, this is also where money is deeply personal. How I find and get to a relaxed place is different from my wife, is different from my neighbor, is different from other friends. Each of us needs to really figure out how we get to that relaxed state. Um, so to put kind of some nuts and bolts on that for my wife and I, very, very, very different backgrounds in, in so many ways. Uh, for me, I was a high school dropout. I got my GED. She's a genius and went to MIT. Um, that's kind of where some of it starts, but there's so many other differences. We help balance each other out. And I'm grateful uh, to have an incredible spouse. When Before we got married, we sat down and looked at all of our finding. We put it all out on the table. I had some credit card debt at the time. Uh, she did not. Um, she had stock options and money in the bank. Um, but we put everything out. We pulled credit reports. We looked at credit scores. We discussed everything and we created a combined budget. And that helped because we went into our marriage fully aware of each other's strengths and each other's weaknesses. There weren't blind spots. And it gets back to where we were talking about early, Skylar, that communication is critical, not just shoving it down or ignoring it, sweeping it under the rug, but really confronting our financial biases our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings when it comes to dealing with money. And because we're individual people, we each have individual approaches to finding that relaxed state when it comes to dealing with money. Awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. We each have our own approach. I love that. We're each going to have our own approach. And I think that's where if you don't know your approach to becoming relaxed with money, again, that's where just talking about it can can help because it's like, mm -hmm. like, hey, at what point do you feel comfortable with money? And and for me, it's that we have more money left over at the end of the month. Like we have, a, we have some money left over that we can save. And that's really, that's really nice. Or it comes when we have money saved for a large expense. So when that large expense gets here, we don't have to worry about it as much. There's just those things and talking to other people, maybe will help you identify one of those. And you're like, wow, I, I didn't realize we don't, I don't do that right now. Like I'm always worried about large expenses that are sneaking up like car registration mm -hmm. or something like that. And you're like, wow, how can I? adjust my approach, like just talking about it, figure out what makes other people feel good with their money and then find out what you want to implement. I love it. That's great. And it is definitely personalized. So make sure you figure out what works for you. But Matt, thanks for coming on today. Was there anything else you wanted to add? And of course, please shout out your book again, where can people find it, give them the title. And of course, we'll have links in the show notes for anything that you've mentioned today. Great. Yeah. Um, I mean, it really is an honor just to, to be able to speak with you, Skylar, to be able to, I, I hope that it's added value to the listeners as well. Uh, reach out. I'm on social media, uh, LinkedIn, um, search map paradise, as you mentioned, it, it helps Skylar to, to talk to a person. Um, so I, I'm mostly on LinkedIn. I'm on TikTok, but still trying to just figure it out. Um, so I'm not a prolific TikToker by any stretch. Uh, but my website, you can find all the information is simply Matt paradise dot com. You can get to my book there, but the book is available wherever books are sold. Um, so whether you're a Kobo fan, an Apple fan, Amazon fan, Barnes and Noble fan, financially capable, a friendly cool. guide to building whole health wealth. Awesome. Well, thanks, Matt. And yeah, like, like we were talking about, if there's someone or if there's something, maybe you're just not sure and you just want to talk to someone about it, message Matt, just message him on social media and be like, Hey, what was that resource that you mentioned where I can connect to a free counselor? And then he can help point you in the right direction. Just, just make connections with people and get talking about money. But thanks, Matt, for coming on. This has been a ton of fun. I appreciate it, Scholar. Thank you.
Fantastic. Well, I just got done talking to Matt and you just got done listening to him, but what a great interview. And thank you, Matt, for coming on today's episode of Money Talk with Skylar Fleming. I just wanted to quickly go over some of my thoughts about today's interview and about what we learned today and talk about the money talking points. But ultimately, I think a great thing that I took from our conversation is you just got to start talking about money. You got to go out there and have a money talk, whether with it's a friend, family worker, coworker, anybody, you got to go talk to people about money. That's how you can overcome financial stress and money anxiety and how you can get to that relaxed point when it comes to money. But let's talk about the two money talking points. What financial questions do I have that I can ask someone? I think this is a great one and I would invite you to explore this one yourself and then go actually ask someone about it. A financial question that I have about money is how long does it take to reach financial independence? It's something that I explore a lot and I love to learn about, but I maybe have an unrealistic expectation on a timeline of how long it's going to take my wife and I to reach financial independence. So going and talking to someone who's at that point is going to help me figure out maybe a more realistic timeline and expectation for myself. The second money talking point that I think is going to be a great one to talk about is what is my personal way that I can feel relaxed about money? And you heard me mention this in today's interview, but I'm going to reiterate it here. One way that I feel relaxed about money is when large expenses come up, but my wife and I have been saving through buckets or sinking funds for many months so that we can afford those expenses. June is an expensive month for my wife and I. Why is it that way? Well, life insurance payments are due. Auto insurance semi-annual payments happen in December and June for us, which means Christmas is impacted by it, but also maybe some summer vacation plans. Our car registrations are coming up in July and August. Our Disney Plus annual membership renews yearly in June. So there's some annual expenses and some expenses that happen during the summer months that can be quite costly. And if we weren't planning for those, then we wouldn't really know what to do. There would be a lot of money coming out of one paycheck that maybe we wanted to use in other ways. But my wife and I have been able to set our priorities on saving for those. So we take those expenses, break them down over six months or 12 months, however often the transaction happens. And then we budget each month that amount into some sort of a savings fund that we then can use when that expense comes up annually or semi-annually. And it makes it a whole lot easier to handle those expenses. And that's honestly a way that I feel relaxed about money is we're able to spend the few hundred dollars or maybe a thousand dollars, depending on what we're paying for yearly or semi-annually. And those are a whole lot easier because we're saving each and every month. So that's the way that I feel relaxed about money. Now go and think about a way that you feel relaxed about money, or if you don't, and money is a continual stressor, reach out and ask, or reach out and ask a coworker. Say, hey, is there something that you do like really well with your money that you could maybe help me? I'm trying to find a way to be more relaxed about my money, and I'm trying to identify some maybe tips and tricks, or reach out to me or Matt, and we can help you identify some of those things in your life. So thank you for listening to today's episode. Let's wrap it up next. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Money Talk with Skylar Fleming. Thank you to Matt Paradise for coming on today's episode. And of course, like I said, you can find all the links to find his information in the show notes. So go be sure to check it out and then go out and have a money talk. Go out and have a money talk by sharing this episode with a friend or share a previous episode with a friend and then talk about the money talking points for that episode. We're into the 90s now, which means we're approaching 100 episodes and our listener count is continuing to grow which is so awesome. But I really want to see this podcast continue to grow and grow and grow. So please go and share with a friend. Please follow us on social media and be sure to share our posts, like our posts, leave a comment. Let's get talking about money more. 
but thank you for listening to Money Talk with Skylar Fleming. I'm your host, Skylar Fleming. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Money Talk with Skylar Fleming. This show is provided for informational and entertainment purposes and may not be specific to your unique situation. Please be sure to do additional research before making any financial decisions.